Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Ninja of the Woods podcast. And as always... I am Mr. Jimmy Blanton. Guys, I have something that I need to talk about real quick before I get into tonight's guest. Um, Saturday, June the 9th, Paracon at Pine Mountain State Park Resort. There'll be seven speakers, vendors, live entertainment, fun for the whole family from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Guys, come on out and listen to your favorite speaker. I will also be placing a schedule, I'm sorry, tongue-tied tonight, people, uh, guest schedule on facebook.com forward slash ninja of the woods podcast. But guys, let's get right into it. Uh, Mr. David Pearl from Miami, Florida is with us tonight. Hello, David. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Jimmy? Great, great. It's finally great to get to talk to you, David. You Um, too. I think what I'm... What I'm going to get into is just we're going to go right into it tonight. Tell me, tell, well, not just me, but tell the listeners also, the people who are listening tonight, what got you into the study of cryptids? What event led up to the present day? Well, as a child, I did a lot of did a lot of camping with my family, and while I was camping one time with my mom and my sister, I like. Little boys do. They want. They want. They wander off towards. I was wandering off towards a wooded area. I was near a playground, and I got maybe 150 or 200 yards away from the playground, and I heard the craziest scream I've ever heard in my entire life. It freaked me out so badly that I just, I just ran, ran back to, ran back to the playground where we were at, and. And started and started acting, just acting, trying to act as normal as possible. Um, and then as I got older, I started thinking about the sound I had heard. And in middle school, I started doing internet research with the basic internet that we had. I'm sure you remember those days. Um, and the the sounds I came across were. Um, very similar to the sounds I had heard when I was a child. So it was it was kind of like it was very similar to an, an Ohio howl. I'm sure you know what that is. Yes. Um. And you know, I and I got I got older and older, and I started doing more research, and started doing started going to a conference here and there. You know, when I when I could. Um. And the first conference I went to was in Orlando. And I had someone that I'm sure we all know, um, uh, Stacy Brown put it, put it on. It was called the Florida Skunkate Conference. Yes. Um, and 
I started talking to people there, and I started just, just you know, doing a little bit more research. And then a couple of years ago, I went to went out to Seattle to to the to the first annual um, International Bigfoot Conference, where I kind of started befriending befriending Ed Brown. And it took me it took me a while, but I finally figured out what I was supposed to be doing on on his team, and that leads us to today. What I'm doing, I, I use the internet and Google Earth to help research field researchers um, look at sites. So let's say Jimmy, you have a site you want to look at, and you know, you want to say, well, I'm looking at site X, and I need to see what kind of terrain is there. So you'll you'll send me the coordinates or the, or the name of the place you're looking at, and I'll look at it on Google Earth, and I'll pinpoint some areas that I think might be interesting to go look at. And, you know, that's – and I also, I also analyze some calls, and I, I, I do that sort of thing, but – Primarily, my job on their team is is background background work and a little bit of a um, little bit of history. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's it's a team effort. Like I tell a yeah. lot of people, it, you're taking people from different parts of the U.S. You put them yeah. together as a team. You want everybody to use their specialties, uh, yeah. their strong, you know, their strongest links, as they say. So you yeah. know that happens to be yours, and you know Ed. Ed has talked about you. He says you're a real great asset to the team. So yeah. you know don't don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise, because you know it, it's like I said, it's right. a team effort. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that I think that that using these skills at some point in the future can put people in the right location and right time. To really to really gather some significant evidence evidence exactly I believe so too uh and like you said um especially when the terrain and stuff because in different areas of the u s you know for a fact there's yeah. different terrain like yeah. here in Harlan County, Kentucky, where I live at, yeah. it's nothing but mountains I mean it's yeah. right on the Appalachian chain and it just goes yeah. from from Georgia yeah. all the way up and it's yeah. just it's crazy, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I try and tell people whenever I'm, you know, doing site research for them, that I can't really see wood structures or rock piles, but I can see big things like like lakes and trails and um, and that sort of that sort of thing, and and tree lines and and meadows. So I don't really, I can't really, it hasn't gotten to the point yet. I hope someday it does, where I can see the really small things. But as of right now, as where we stand, like, I can see a lot of the big structures, which are just as important as, as the small things. Exactly, and it can it can either break or make a yeah. outing to tell you the truth, you yeah. know. Um, okay. Go ahead. Now that I I know that uh, you say that you started doing this uh, here, what would you say in the last? Two, three, four years. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you, David, hoping to accomplish 
from being on the team with Ed? I'm hoping to – my goal is to put Ed and our other team members at some point in the future in the right place, right time, to get that one piece of video or get that one – or get that one – footprint or that one body cast that we can definitively say, yes, this is real, and yes, they are here. Exactly. And, you know, as you know, as researchers, that what, that's yes. what we're all out to yes. point out to people. It's to bring it to the forefront of science so that they will actually say, hey, yes. well, there's something here, so maybe we need to dig more into it. Yes. I mean, between – I was talking to Ed about this not too long ago, but between um, Dr. Meldrum and Cliff Bergman's cast, uh, cast collection, we have enough cast uh, collection size to tell whether somebody is faking or whether it's real or not at this point. Oh yes, uh, with somebody like Dr. Meldrum, it yeah. for him it would where he is into anthropology yeah. Yeah. and he studies anatomy, it would be real easy for him to figure out what's real and what's fake. Yes. And uh, doing this as I'm going along with my research, I'm starting yeah. to look into uh, primate anatomy also. Yeah. To, you know, just just to get an eye of that type of thing, so that I will um, if I come across a footprint say in the woods yeah i'll know to whether whether it to scratch my head and say hmm this could be something or just say oh this is just a bear track you know and, and that's one thing that a lot of people get confused with which i'm finding is they'll is they'll see a double step of a bear which is a lot more common than people think um, oh yeah and say oh that's a bigfoot track um and no, it's a no. It's a double. It's a double step. It's not a bigfoot track. Yeah, they'll. What they'll do is sometimes the way they walk, yeah. that back foot will step into the front foot. Yes. And it will elongate the the print and make you yeah. think, you know, that's a possibility. Hey, is that a Sasquatch? But if you really study. Uh, yeah. The type of animals and wildlife yeah. that's in your area, that yeah. helps you differentiate yeah. those type of prints and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was having dinner with my parents tonight, and, you know, they were they were just talking. We were just talking a little bit about, about you know, about, about, about this podcast, and, and I started talking to them about the different cat, this different categories of, of sightings, of evidence, I should say. Um you know, there's A, B, and C, and, you know, my dad pointed something out to me, which I kind of, you know, debunked a little bit. He go, he says, oh, well, if everybody thinks that, that, that you know, what they heard, the strange noise they heard in the Bigfoot, that's not, that's not evidence. I said, just because I heard something and did my research doesn't mean everybody heard the same thing. There, there's very, there's a wide variety of what people are hearing and seeing and, and finding exactly and if you if i mean if you hit the internet you hit youtube you can hear yeah. the different types of calls that's coming from yeah. all over the world not just in the yeah. united states but all over the yeah. world yes yeah. 
Um, but you know that, that's 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 one thing that fascinates me. Fascinates me particularly about cryptids and Bigfoot is that not not just in the U.S. but tribes from from all the way from Alaska to Australia to to China are all reporting the same creature. So how if they're all reporting the same creature, how can it not exist? Exactly. And uh, how could everyone uh, be on the same lie, being one yeah. global lie, lying about yeah. the same body type, yeah. the same hair type, uh, body, yes, yes, yes. Posture, all of that. They, you have to take yes. in consideration all of yes. that. Yes, and it's you I mean, know it's it's not possible. No, it's not. I mean, you know, and it was interesting. A couple of years ago, I was I did did an Alaska cruise. I walked into this one Native American shop, and I didn't think I'd get anything out of them, but 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 I but I um asked just for the hell of it and i said i said to this the young girl at the desk you know hey do you what do you know what do you know about bigfoot and and the and the and your culture and she goes we don't believe in bigfoot blah, 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 blah. and i'm just like was like, was like i wanted to say to her where, where have you been for the past three thousand years <laughs> exactly <laughs> They um, usually they usually have different names for uh, yeah, those yeah, type of beings, yeah. as they call them. Uh, you yeah. know, like like you said, you just walk in and you ask someone in the Native uh, American culture what's Bigfoot. That usually that's the wrong way of saying. Uh, most of the time that I found out is you go in and you ask what is your opinion on Bigfoot. Mm. And most of the time, that's um, when you get the information from them. They'll let you know, well, our people call it this or that because there's so many right. different names for right. Bigfoot. You know, it was, it was interesting. I was – a year or so ago, I was helping I – was, I was doing some research for Ed on an expedition that I was helping him on in Alabama. And – I called called to called to a bunch of different tribes and just to just see if anybody would open up and tell me a little bit about the history of, of Bigfoot in the area and whatnot. And the most common answer I got, which is kind of frustrating as a researcher, I'm sure you know this, is I'd love to help you, but I can't talk to you about it. Exactly, and uh, that's that's when that respect part. Yeah. comes in play you know you have to respect what they have to say about oh, it because if, if you approach them certain ways and i'm sure you're you're learning this too yeah the more and more tribes that you get in contact with the more that you yeah. talk nice to them and you, they yeah. earn you know you earn their trust they open right. up to you right um but yeah it, you know it, it is it is a trust thing with them and you know and the fact that they said that to me and didn't hang up the phone says a lot. Exactly. That yeah, that's right. That's another thing. They could have just hang up on you and you just be like sitting there listening to the dial tone. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that that's that's a good that's a good sign right there, you know. Yeah. Um but that's pretty that's you know, that's pretty much what I'm when I'm I'm I do a lot of do a lot of his, historical research on Bigfoot. 
and I also use my computer skills to help them investigate sites. Well, tell us a little bit about some of this historical research that you do. Uh, what are some of the interesting well, I, things, some of your favorite things that you would like to talk about? Well, one of the things I've found with with Bigfoot and the history of it is that is that you know no matter like I just said like I just said no matter where you go in the world, you know every tribe has a name for the has a name for this creature, and you know, and you you might you, let's say you go to Alaska, they'll say uh, the they'll tell their kids if you don't behave, the Yayali or Kustika will come and get you tonight and eat you. Um, and so it's a lot of that kind of stuff, you know. Even though they, the parents know that that won't happen, because because most Bigfoots are peaceful from from what we found historically, you know, it's it's more about using them as a, I don't want to say threat, but a um, a um, way kind of like the way the, kind of like the way that we use uh, the boogeyman. Exactly. Yeah, it, exactly. I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, it's a way for them to get their kids to listen to them and behave without mm-hmm. without actually saying, you know. Um, be quiet, or you're going to get punished. You know. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's more a way for them to go. You know, you need to start listening to me, otherwise this could happen. Um, and the other, one of the other fascinating things I found in my research historically about Bigfoot is that I mean, I've done a lot of research. On the, um, I forget what it's called right now. Not Patterson Gimlin, but um, there was on the Olymp on the Olympia site. Yes. Yeah, I know what and you're talking about. On the Olympia site, and one of the fascinating things I found about about that about the history of that is that it all started with someone. You know, taking a shot at taking a shot at some creature that they couldn't identify, and if they had, if they had no, and then from there it progressed to to rock throwing and to um, to rock throwing and to stick banging and then trying to get into the cabin to kill the people, um, and if they had just, and any hunter knows that you never shoot at something you can't can't identify. Exactly. Um, and um, if they had just thought about it for a second and looked at it and said, "Okay, well, maybe I can't identify that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, do something stupid." <laughs> and uh, so, you know, there's a couple of the, there's a couple of the more historical things that I've I've looked at. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Ed's lucky to have you along. I can tell by just talking to you that you are uh, a great guy, and you keep at this, and Ed is going to open your eyes up to just a lot more things than what's, um, um, yeah, what, what's out there, you know. So, yeah. are there 
just besides Bigfoot, or what other type of cryptids are you into? Or like, say, like um, Michele and Bimbe from Africa, or um, there's uh, everybody knows the Mouthman from Point Pleasant. What, you know, what type? What type of thing are, only, are you studying? The only other, as of right now, the only thing I study is Bigfoot because that's what's most fascinating. But the only other thing I can think of that might be worth looking into is Loch Ness, and and here and here's why. Um, Loch Ness. The thing about Loch Ness that fascinates me, or Loch Ness monster that fascinates me, is you know the Loch is one of the deepest lakes in the world. And it is. I I would not be surprised if something like that. You know, people say, oh well, there's not enough fish. You know, they could have, could have, could have figured out how to eat plankton, for all we know. Um, exactly. And so the thing that fascinates me about about Bigfoot, not about Bigfoot, about Loch Ness, is that if a boat is going over it with with sonar, it's gonna have some level of intelligence and say, "Oh, okay, I'm hearing a pinging noise from somewhere. I should hide under. I should hide under this ledge." Yeah, I see what you know, you're saying. You know, if you survive this long, like like Bigfoot and Loch Ness, uh, like Loch Ness have, um, you've got to have some level of intelligence. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of there's a lot of questionable videos uh, depicting uh, the Loch Ness monster. Uh, yeah. I seen one not too long ago, which made me scratch my head actually, and made me think real hard what I was yeah. seeing. But I think it was a tourist boat. Uh, they were out on the the lock, and there was this big disturbance of water, and you could see this in the water. You could see this this creature, and it was huge. Yeah. Um, they really never could get a real good side of it. Um, and you hear so many things. People are saying, oh, it's just a giant eel. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing that I, they I, have I, to say about that is what type of eel could be that big to make that of a wake in the water? It, it, it just it blows my mind. I live in Florida. I live on live on the ocean. I've seen plenty plenty of saltwater. I've seen plenty of moray eels and things like that. Um, and the fact that some and moray eels can get big; they can get up to twelve feet. Wow! And and the fact that somebody thinks it it could be an eel is kind of mind boggling to me because those are the largest members. Those are the largest members of the eel family. Uh, and when somebody starts saying stuff like that, I'm like, okay, you, clearly you haven't done any research. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, it's things like that. And chupacabra and things like that, you know, I personally, I, I think that it's just a uh, mangy coyote. Um, the Mothman, I think, I think is just, Personally, I mean, I could be wrong about these things. I'm willing to admit it. If someone approaches me with the proper evidence, let's put it like that. Um, 
And the Mothman, I think, is just someone on LSD. You never really know. You never really know. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things out there. Well, I even have a friend who's uh, a yeah. close friend of mine. Yeah. His theory yeah. is his theory is that what they seen that night in Point Pleasant could yeah. possibly been a fruit bat. You know because. Yeah. People are able to get their hands on a lot of exotic pets these days, and they're not tracked. The government is not able to keep tabs on all of them that come through the borders. So, you know, it's a possibility that it's a fruit bat, you know? There's one other thing I want to touch on when it comes to Bigfoot, which I think is absolutely absurdity, and I I love it when 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 people bring this up and bring this to my attention. I think that when people tell me that Bigfoot can time jump or they've brought, been brought here by UFOs, I, <laughs> I almost want to laugh in their face because cause to me they're just a flesh and blood animal that that walks that walks and and talks and breathes like everybody else. Um, and so when people say, "Oh well, you know, I've heard that they can time jump," and I'm, I'm like, "Okay, what evidence do you have of that?" You know, and and it's just hilarious to me when people say, "Oh well, I was tracking Bigfoot and it disappeared into thin air." Did you ever think it started walking on rocks so you wouldn't, so you wouldn't, so you would stop tracking it? Exactly. Well, the thing about that is, I try to keep an open mind when it comes yeah. to other things, and that makes yeah. a great researcher is when you keep your mind open yeah. uh, to possibilities. Uh, one of my favorite things to do at these conferences is, is just to get with other people and talk about theories to make yeah. you think about other things. And, uh, you know, it, it's just an awesome thing to think of what ifs. Uh, yeah. And there's so many theories out there that… Oh, absolutely. Uh, you you can't really say uh, your theory's wrong or your theory's wrong no, because there's, I'm, there's I'm, not I'm enough not, evidence to support it. I'm not saying my theory is wrong or right, but but I'm just saying. Well, see, that's a good thing. Show me your proper evidence. Exactly, you're willing to share what you what your theory that you have with other people, and that's what this podcast is all about. Having people like you on here, you guys are what makes the show. Uh, Jimmy's just a guy that's behind a mic here talking and just talking to the guest. People don't want to listen. To me, they want to listen to guys like yeah. you, and um, that's what we want. We want to hear those theories. Yeah, and um, you know, like I said, you know, show me, show me the proper evidence to to suggest that a Bigfoot can time jump or warp jump. I'll be happy to change my mind, but you need to show me the proper evidence. Exactly. I had a friend. Well, not actually a friend. It's just an acquaintance of mine, someone yeah. that I that I tried to avoid a lot. Hey. Uh, uh, kind of made a smart remark to me one day, uh, telling me, you know, Bigfoot's not real. And my response to him was, show me proof that he's not real. Right. Prove to me be- beyond a shadow of a doubt right. that this creature cannot exist somewhere in the world, for that matter. Yeah. Not just the U.S. or South America, yeah. but the world. And then I'll believe you. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's it's you know I was telling Ed not too long ago that that you know that I was 
talking to someone about talking to someone about Bigfoot, and you know, this person is a is a pretty hard. I forget who it was. It was one of my friends, but they're a pretty hard skeptic. And I said to them, you know, I said, I said to Ed, you know, some people, even if you killed a Bigfoot, laid, laid it on their laid it on their front door, and said, and they'd say, where's the father? Exactly. Um. So you know, I'm I'm definitely not opposed to changing my 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 views, but you know, um, someone needs to show me the proper evidence. Exactly. Um. You know, and like you said, yeah. uh, And I hate to say it, a lot of people are not going to believe it until yeah. One is laying dead in front of them, and I'm no kill. What? I'm for no kill. You know, I'd if you have the gall to look down a rifle into a living creature's eyes that right, looks right. so much like a human right. and pull the trigger, you've got more than what I've got. I tell you right there because I, that's take, something that I cannot do. Well, this is all I'm going to say about about something like this. It's going to take some some. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Um. Some redneck idiot who killed, who who reportedly killed two of them to do it again. No, yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, you know that person has, as far as I can find out, that nobody knows where he's at. He's went into hiding. I mean, I myself have tried to contact that person that we're talking about, and yeah. no, <laughs> no way. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, I, you know. If, Once if again, truly, it comes down to the evidence. He didn't have the if, evidence to back up his claims, yeah. and you know and, that and evidence here's, speaks. Here's the thing about 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 something like that. It's not a protected species; it's an undocumented species. So there's no earthly way he's gonna get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know and, it is true. And you throw the baby one in the back of your truck. And you know, take it to your best friend's house. And say, look what I look what I killed. And exactly. let someone, and then and then you make the appropriate calls to Dr. Meldrum, um, Jimmy Tilcut, um, to people like that. But you got to think too on his part, though. Also, yeah. uh, he he killed something that little. Yeah. And it looked so much human. He yeah. didn't know at the time whether he was going to get in trouble with the authorities yeah. or what was going to happen. So the first thing on his mind was to hide it the best way yeah. he could. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, you know, when I when I saw that when I saw that story on TV, red flags jumped up everywhere. Oh yeah. Well, um, I had done an interview with him also. And, uh, you know, I've listened to the interview. He still sticks to uh, his guns on the whole situation. As far as I can tell, he's not wavered from his story, no whatsoever. But, you know, there's always when someone comes up and claims something so significant like that, of course there's going to be thoughts that go through your mind, and you're going to want to question that person immediately. I mean, let, and let's it's, just it's human nature for us to do that. Yeah, and it's human nature for us to do it. 
let's take a look at someone like someone like you know Bob Gimlin, who you know who filmed something incredible to to as far as I can tell, it's that and the Stacey Brown footage are the two two best pieces of evidence out today. Um, and he has never changed his stories. In 40 years, he's never changed his story once. That's evidence to me. Well, look at the, the countless people on YouTube that has tried to tear that yeah. video down of yeah. Bob's constantly, but yeah. there's always five or ten more people that come back with another video to prove them wrong. Yeah. And that's the thing about it. Yeah. For each person that it's came out and said, hey, this is a fake. It was a guy in a monkey yeah. suit. There's been five to ten more people that say no. Yeah. There's no way. One of my favorite people to follow, and I'm, I've am i got him on my Facebook, M.K. Davis. Yeah. M.K. Yeah. breaks those videos down so well that he's proved time and time again that there's no way that that was a man. Right. In a costume. Right. Even at that time in 1967, it would have cost them tens of thousands of dollars. Yes, probably even millions of dollars to come up with a costume that detailed yeah. and to study the anatomy. I mean yeah. it's just – it's crazy it's, for it's, someone it's, to say it's, that. It's, it's crazy to think that someone can knock a video like that when… When and when two guys just happen to stumble on it accidentally. Exactly. And you know, uh, Bob and uh, Roger both, um, they were just they'd heard about the stories. They just wanted to yeah. go out to see if they could find something. They yeah. weren't necessarily looking for it. It just no. St- he just you know Patty just stumbled out in front of them. Yeah. And that's what a lot of reports. It was just, it was just one of those freak accidents, freak accidents that happened that that you know turned out to be one of the best pieces of evidence we have. Exactly, and a lot of the sightings they they happen the same way. People yeah. are not looking for these creatures; no. they just happen to cross their path, and they either see a good, get a real good glimpse of them yeah. to make out how the height and how big they were yeah. and what color they are. You know, one one of the thing, one of the theories that we're that we're that we're not projecting, but we're thinking about, is people put out a lot of trail cameras, but no one ever catches them on trail. No one ever catches them on trail cameras. One of the theories that we're thinking about is um, we haven't. There's no way to prove it yet until you capture one alive. Um, but I'm I strongly think that they can see infrared. I believe that too. Yes. Um because um you know, you put out they put out trail cameras everywhere, but they never seem to catch them on on film. Um one of the theory one of the ideas I'm working on how to catch them on film and I've gone over it with Ed a thousand times and he he really likes it and, and other people can use it too. I have no objections with that. If you were to take a trail camera and mount it 10 to 20 feet off the ground but facing down 
or facing the viewfinder down. What I've started to realize is when I think about animal behavior, animal animals generally don't look up. They either look down or straight ahead. Exactly. Yeah. So if you were to take that viewfinder, point it down to the ground at a forty five degree angle, you most likely the Bigfoot will walk it right right under it and would snap half a dozen photos and the thing wouldn't even know it's there. Yeah, because a lot of people that put a trail camera and I know for a fact because yeah. I have I have friends and family that use trail cameras. Uh right. I'm looking to get one myself just to see right. what type of wildlife's in the area where I'm doing my research at. Right. But they, it's always in eyesight distance of animals. Right. Yeah. Especially most of the time anywhere from I'm gonna say six foot to ten foot right. is usually about the the height of a Sasquatch in the area here where I live at. Right. So if you're going over 10, like you said, you know, that's a good possibility to catch a good photo of one. Right. Um, those are, that's one of the, that's one of the ideas I'm working on with Ed. And um, I, I think that if people start doing that, because, you know, we're at, a, we're, at a point, we're at a point with Bigfoot research, I'm actually working on a lecture for next year called I'm calling, I don't have a better name for it, but I'm, but I'm calling it the Open-Minded Bigfoot Lecture. And the reason I'm calling it that is we're at a point with our research where people need to start, stop doing the this, this same old stuff over and over again, getting the same old results. Yeah. And we need to start looking at it with a fresh approach. And exactly. That, that, and, that's, and that's one of the reasons why it works so well is he does, he, does, he does the field research aspect of it, and I come up with the ideas, and he, and he implements them for me. Oh, that's good. I mean, you you have good ideas, and I can tell with, you know, just what you said about the game cameras as a really yeah. good idea. Now, like you said, a lot of, of the same old, same old as it goes in Bigfoot research, uh, the classics, as I like, call them the the calls, the wood knocks. A lot of yeah. researchers are starting to get away from that because it's what they deem classic behavior. Uh, because right. not and not all Bigfoot are going to no. uh, call and do wood knocks. And one one idea that I that I have is I think that um, Bigfoot actually use infrasonic calls. Um, and I don't know if you know what I mean by that. Infrasound. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've shown over the years that elephants, most most elephant communications are through infrasound, and they can yes. communicate. They can communicate a lot further, and a lot, and not make as much noise. I think that when you know, when Bigfoot's are done doing calls and they don't want us to hear what they're what they're saying, they switch to infrasound, and this will say they they may be saying, "Hey, look at the morons over there trying to find us." Exactly, uh, and they're you know it's just not elephants. The big cats of the of the animal kingdom they use yeah. infrasound to stun their prey, 
uh, it's been observed in Africa, um, watching them hunt prey and stuff. Yeah. And and it's a lot more animals. Uh, I believe to a, a certain point that uh, whales even use infrasound. Yeah. Because it's it's at a frequency that the human ear can't hear. No. So and they're smart. These these Bigfoot are really really intelligent. So yeah, they learn like to, to adapt. Classify them as the ninjas of the woods. Exactly, and that's how I came up with the name for the podcast, Ninja of the Woods. A friend of mine yeah. says, man, you know those things are the Ninja of the Woods, and I said, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And they are. They they yeah. have to be, to um, yeah. be around as long as they have without I being um, seen by human. I was at a conference, I'd say a couple of years ago, and one of the last speakers at the conference was Adam Davies. And he presented a very uh, provocative theory, which, you know, I'm not sure how much I buy into, but it's, but it's certainly an interesting thought. Um, and the theory is, is that what if they were Neanderthals, but they, in order to survive, they gave up fire? Hmm. It's an interesting theory. I'm, I, don't, I don't necessarily go yes, along with it, but... It is interesting. It's an interesting theory. You know, it, that's one great thing, like, like, you know, I'll, and I'll emphasize again. That's one yeah. of the funnest things, I'm sorry, one of the funner things to yeah. do at these conferences is just to get together and talk to guys that research, throw yeah. these theories out there, and just learn from each other. Because yeah. I started out... Um, in the paranormal field before right. I got into Bigfoot research. Right. And I implemented what I learned in the paranormal right. field into cryptids. And, you know, it, a lot of the paranormal and Bigfoot activity um, and cri other cryptids, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. I know a um, lot of people that have went out on expeditions to look right. for Sasquatch, and they'll be doing calls and stuff, recordings. Right. And they're getting EVPs and things like that, these crazy right. unexplained sounds. And, you know, just that type of stuff I'm just not, goes hand just, in hand. You know, I'm not sure, you know, like, like I said, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm not sure how well, how well, those call that, how well that call blasting works. And I'll tell you why, because, you know, I would think they'd be able to tell the difference between between a between us mimicking them and a something and a artificial sound. Yeah, exactly. I, I see what you're saying. Um, you know, because I, I used to watch uh, the show. I used to watch a lot, which there were some things they did, which kind of made no sense to me, but. That's neither here nor there. I used to watch Finding Bigfoot a lot. And they would always use walkie-talkies. And I would say I would say to myself, you know, if you're talking on those things and you can hear each other, what makes you think that Bigfoots can't hear you? Why don't you just use an inner earpiece like the, uh, like the FBI or Secret Service? That way you can communicate, but but Bigfoot doesn't hear what you're saying. Or hear the static of the walkie-talkie. 
Exactly. Well, David, I thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, um, it's my pleasure. It's it's been awesome, and hopefully, I'll get to get to talk to you again later. We can have you come back on, uh, and we can just talk some more about this type of stuff. But yeah, definitely, it, it it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, and um, and I want to yeah, shout out to Ed for 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 suggesting it. Well, I, I really, really appreciate it. Ed has done a lot for me. Uh, yeah. Not just with the podcasts and stuff, but Ed has yeah. he's helped me out with the CryptoCon that I put yeah. on here. He's my MC. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully maybe next year we can get you up here to Kentucky and you come and hang out with us and stuff. That sounds great, man. All right. Um, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you very much. Have a good, have a good evening. You too. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for tonight's episode. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to go to facebook.com forward slash Ninja of the Woods podcast to find a schedule of guests like Mr. David Pearl from Miami, Florida. Guys, this is Big, big Jim. Peace, love, and God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.